This is Analog Spectrum. If we've learned one thing from this podcast is that it can't be that hard to start a podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Tony. As promised, here is the first chapter of my and Doug's joint Coast Guard Key West tale. I wanted to jump in here at the beginning to first tell you that, uh, yes, it will be in two parts. Second, and maybe more importantly, and as suggested in previous podcasts, it's pretty much unvarnished, candid, and unembellished. I personally don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, seriously, I've listened to it, and it's not even as crazy as I thought it would be. However, we all know the kind of world we live in today. So up front, if you're easily upset or you're just looking for a reason to be offended, you can go ahead and stop listening now. Otherwise, please enjoy the next installment of Two Quasi-Idiots in the Coast Guard. All right, this is Analog Spectrum. Uh, this is Tony speaking. I'm here with Doug. Yes, sir. <laughs> How are we doing today, Doug? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Nice. And we are going to do another Coast Guard podcast. We are. You know, we this is like a, like I posted someplace. When you strike gold, you don't <laughs> stop digging, you man. Think? I think it is. Well, uh, for one, I, like, and I mentioned this in the last podcast that we did about the Coast Guard, I could give a shit who's listening. Right. I just like talking about this stuff. Right. I did not realize how much I like talking about it. Okay. Okay. And uh, I think it's important, you know, because because uh, you know documenting historical events for us it is definitely that yes so I'm I'm gonna say something don't don't yell at me if I'm I'm, I'm yelling at you I think even Elizabeth is glad we're doing this your wife it could be yeah she yeah. listens and not only that I think she likes the fact that uh, that you know this is I don't know how much of this stuff you've had conversations with her about. So you just like, she likes the fact that you drag my ass out of the house for a couple hours every week. I know. There is that so too. She gets so she the freedom. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I yeah. <laughs> so her, it's, it's weird because her, I've, you know, I'm completely transparent with her. I don't, you know, whatever, but. Um, and I wouldn't expect anything less. But I think when you and I start talking about, it, I'm sure this is going to happen during this podcast. You're going to say something that's going to spark a memory yeah. that I haven't thought about in a long time. Right. And I think that's what she's benefiting from is hearing that. Cause I haven't told her those stories because right. I haven't thought about them. And then all of a sudden you'll say somebody's name or you'll remind me of an incident. I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit. I forgot all about that. Had and, you, had you, you know, told her the box kite story? Um, I don't know if I told her that one or Dude, not. I, I, don't know. I remember when you told me that yeah. shit in, in, in Morgan Pop about <laughs> Key West today. I remember when you told me that shit in Key West. I was laughing. Because, because I mean, it's just that's how well, life the fact was. That, that yeah. dude ordered a guard yeah. dog and a missile. Gary Starks. Dude, that shit. I don't know if is... I remembered his name when we told the story, but Gary Starks, that was his name. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because, and he was and, also the kidnapper of the teddy bear. Yes. He was the kidnapper. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when and later on, yeah. I I didn't mention this when you told that story. I repeated that. Uh, to, I was at station in Yorktown. Uh, I kidnapped somebody's shit. Nice. Based on that. Nice. It got out of hand. <laughs> yeah, it really it, got it out, can of get out of hand. Quick, it did. Yeah. Well, I did it with another with another friend, and that guy was like, "Oh no, man, I'm gonna blow that teddy bear's head right off." Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, and and <laughs> I thought we were gonna get base security on the, involved, but okay. Uh, so, I just wish I still had the 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 ransom note. You know, there was, this is oh, the yeah. days before cell phones, because yeah. if we had had cell phones, man, we would have been taking pictures of that like crazy. But yeah. it was so it was so craftily, funnily done with that stupid bear. What an amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, anyway. so, but now, yeah, so, so now we finally got to the point where Doug and I are stationed together. 
in in the Key West. Key I mean, West, the, the Devil's Island. It is. Call it. Yeah. It is. And and uh, and and yeah, take it for what it's worth. But this was the 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 point where our friendship started. That's where we started. Think, yeah, yeah. So we met each other. Exactly. And this has been kind of an important podcast for me because you know a lot of times when we're just telling stories. It's just us bouncing stories off each other. But it's important for me. This is important for me because because th- this not only is it uh, where you and I became uh, friends, but also lots of stuff happened in my life in Key West during that period. Yeah, yeah. and so I I don't I I'm sure there'll be things that I, I wish I would have talked about. I'm sure there's things that are that are important, but I I just want to be as thorough as possible. And and this is all about the documentation while still being entertaining and funny. Uh-huh. Now, now I before we get started, there's a couple things I want to mention. Okay. I know you love it when I do this. A couple of corrections, a couple, yep, couple of things yep. like that. Uh, last time in the last podcast, and only because now I'm, I've actually learned that a few people are actually listening to this, especially Coasties. I mentioned a friend who got orders to Kodiak, but threw a fit. Now he, I don't know if he, he didn't throw a fit. If you're listening, you didn't throw a fit. You just got you, you rightfully, if you're listening got upset about the situation i think in retrospect he actually got orders to cape may and then uh talked to the detailer and ended up in kodiak i think he actually that's what he wanted okay okay he actually wanted not not to be on the east coast but the west coast so i got those flipped no big deal but i before he they email me that's that the other thing is the uh, the practical joke and i'm going to be very honest here the practical joke we played on those boot campers that actually was, uh, I told that story secondhand. Uh, Dave, if you're listening, that was your story. I know that was your story. You story thief. I story, I, I, but, but again, it was just such a good story. I told it like that. That was Dave's story. And the, uh, and, but still, everything else about it was true. Right. And Keith Willis was the officer and he did pass away. Okay. So he did pass away in 2009. He was actually the skipper of a, of a, of a 270. Oh, ironically, mm-hmm. uh, when when he passed away, and uh, and so God, you know, God rest his soul, rest in peace. Uh, at the time, Ensign Willis, you were an awesome officer. And one of the story stories, just real quick about the Harriet Lane that cracked me up about that guy. I'll keep it short. Uh, he was just a funny jo. Uh, once again, OCS graduate, uh, had a long history, uh, uh, family history in the Coast Guard. He was on the on the uh, the flying bridge with the captain while they were boarding a ship, and. Uh, uh, the and the sailboat was out there a certain distance, and uh, the captain said, uh, "I remember because I was out there." Uh, and the uh, the uh, skipper said something like, uh, "Hey, uh, you know what 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 do you judge the distance to that to that sailboat to be?" And uh, and some Willis says, "Ah, oh, shit, captain, I don't know. I've never been that good at judging distances." <laughs> and this skipper was like, "Well, you better get good." Yeah. <laughs> <It's a> job. <laughs> anyway, so all right, <laughs> two keys. So uh, a little background about Key West, so everybody kind of knows if you yeah, haven't been right, there. All right, right. Uh, so the most point in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look it up, they say contiguous United States, being right. that being the forty-eight. But right. uh, I think I don't think Hawaii is further south than. Um, I can't remember, but I think it is, but is I don't it? know. Yeah, but uh, another place like Guam and all that kind of stuff are yeah. te- technically yeah. United States. But uh, southernmost point in contiguous United States. Uh, it's uh, the key. The Key West is the most western key accessible by road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, current population right now is around I think around twenty six thousand. Wow. Yeah, and uh, four point two square miles, uh, four miles long, one mile wide, and a. Freaking a boatload of bars yes. in that space. Okay, t-shirt shops and bars. Yep, and uh, uh, lots of military in Key West. Uh, depending on how you count, there's like four or five, maybe more military bases in Key West. Uh, not counting the Coast Guard because the Coast Guard is actually on a military yeah, we're on base. The day, still, day still day there. Base, yeah. 
Uh, I actually recently visited Key West about a year ago, maybe a little less, uh, with my with my wife and her family. Uh, just drove in and drove back out. Mm. Uh, I was blown away by how much it hadn't changed and how much it had. You know okay. what I mean? So it was. I went to buy, buy my old apartment and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with my my uh, uh, father in law and uh, and and his wife uh, Melanie's stepmom, and uh, so and they're, they're they're you know a little bit older and we were our time was brief so it wasn't like I was it was just a real quick in and out right. type thing. And uh, I just had an idea. Maybe we, you and I should go down there and do a podcast from from Key West. I would like that. I would. I think we could do a vacation down there. Take a I would, trip. Yeah. I would definitely go back. And yeah, uh, yeah and, and I went to the Coast Guard base down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it again, it had changed. But the barracks was still there. The, right. The, the my where my clinic was was still there. Mm-hmm. The galley was still in the same place. Okay. But there was definitely it was def- But there was also a building that I think was a reclaimed Navy base that had a big Coast Guard sign on it. Hmm. It was weird. You know okay. what I mean? That that wasn't there when we were there. Uh, so, so definitely been down there re- it, it, since then, but haven't spent any real time. Right. It was funny because one of my, one of my, uh, one of the people I work with had, was going down there and he was like, Hey, you used to be stationed in Key West. Uh, what's there to do in Key West? And I was like, well, <laughs> drink, uh, drink mm-hmm. uh, and snorkel mm-hmm. and dive. Mm-hmm. And, and if you like golf, there's a little shitty nine hole down there. Mm-hmm. was at the time. And he was a little bit frustrated with the fact that he was like, well, that's it. Did you live there for for uh, yeah. for three years, three and a half years, and you can't tell me more. And I was kind of like, well, for one, I lived there in 1991, and yeah. two, no, that's all to do there. It's, yeah. a, it's a little at the beach. Drink and water sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the beach sucks. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of shitty because yeah. there is no sand down there. They yeah. bring in all the sand anyway. Uh, so uh, so I was there. I arrived in the spring or summer of 91. I left sometime in late 94. I got there a little bit before you came back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a HS1 uh, or excuse me, HS1. No, I was HS3, HS3 right yeah. out of, right out of uh, core school. When I got to the clinic, I was one of three corpsmen. For a while there, we got down to one corpsman, that being me. So people transferred out. That was insane. Mm. And usually there was two. So I was responsible for the for all the care of the Coasties there around the Keys, that going into Marathon and Alamorada, where there's two stations and, and some of the ships around there. And I lived in a duplex or a quadruplex, I guess, uh, rented by the Coast Guard with the uh, with other with one other coasting. So yeah. that was my existence uh, for three years. So there you go. Yep. Yeah, I I got there. I want to say probably late summer ninety mm-hmm. one, something like that. Later, maybe even uh, fall. Right. I was coming out of Hawaii and uh, in a very dysfunctional relationship with my first wife. Mm-hmm. Her parents lived there. And I think I mentioned this in the last one. I had a guy once tell me like, hey, you're going to dump your wife, take her back to where her parents are. And I didn't really actually do that on purpose. It just worked out that way because she was hounding the crap out of me to get stationed there. And I didn't really didn't want to go back. Huh. Um, but uh, I caved to whatever. It was Key West. You know, it was land duty. So that was I was cool with that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I was a first class cook at the time. And uh, in nope. tr- you were second. Okay. I Sorry. Was second? You were second class when you got there. Was I? Yeah, you made first while you were there. Sorry. Okay, no, no, no. If you're right, you're right. I'm Um, pretty damn sure you were second when you arrived. Because I came... Oh, you know what? I wasn't coming out of Hawaii. I was coming off of the Point Camden in L.A. That's correct. I was coming off... I forgot about that. You left the unit out of this. I did. Sorry. Sorry. Um, That's a fun unit. We'll talk about that some other time. Sorry, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Because I was a second class on the Point Camden out of L.A. as independent duty. And then I, yeah, that's right. And cause then I left, uh, cause I was thinking like, how did I get 
shore duty to shore duty. That's what I thought it was because you were out Connus. No, no, I ended up uh, I ended up at the Point Camden. I forgot all about that boat. But, wow. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, off to Key West we go. There's going to be an addendum to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, but yeah, so um, I got there and because I was married, I got off base housing and I lived on, was it Sixby? Sixby, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, whatever. What is that, 1950s housing or something? It was. Um, so it was uh, it was better than living on the barracks like I did first time around. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was second class cook in the galley and eventually promoted to first and um, yeah, just kind of running the show over there. Uh, I, I want to say you got there between six months and a year after I got there. I had been there for a bit when you when you arrived. Could be. My timeline obviously is not super clear. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's an obvious statement. No, seriously. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just How long were you on the point Camden? A couple of years. Yeah, it was a couple God, of years. dude, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Shit, man. I, it's, all the shit blurs together. Your brain for me. is pickled or some shit. It man. is. Yeah, it is. So, uh, um, but no, I, I can't remember when I transferred off of that damn thing. But my 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 personal life was shambles. You know what I mean? And oh, that, no. I totally know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I totally and know I, what you I, mean. And I can't recall all this stuff. And it's really, to be honest, I know you go into the detail about like how big Key West is and when you got yeah. that. None of that stuff's important to me. I, I don't really mean, care. I, well, honestly, the only reason I did that yeah. is for the listener. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. But because I looked it up. I didn't know that shit until yeah, okay. just now. I went and looked it up because I wanted to... I wanted, <laughs> Give people I some perspective. Be, yeah, exactly. I yeah. wanted to be a little bit story-like. Uh, but right. I will tell you as far as the life... As far as life being in, in shambles, oh, yeah. Because after I left Key West and we're jumping around here, uh-huh. which is totally fine, yeah. uh, I I totally get what you're saying because I was married to my first wife at uh-huh. that time, and we were stationed in Virginia together. And I would totally describe my life in Virginia as shambles. Yeah, I, I the words when you said that, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. I get it, bro. That, that was that was my that was my Point Camden life, which actually kind of sucks because that was a potentially a really cool unit. We yeah. did some really cool stuff on that boat. Mm-hmm. I hated the CO. He was a Lieutenant JG that was just an asshole every which way. We all literally almost got in a fist fight, which we'll... we'll he was the XO or CO? CO. Yeah. Wow. XO, get... XO was a BM1. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, let's not get into that now. Yes, <laughs> Go stick, stick with the Key West stuff. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, working in the galley, we obviously, you and I lived through the whole Cuban, mis- um, not missile crisis, the Haitian immigration. Alien migration, something. Yeah, that whole operations, thing. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, that was a lot. But Alien migration interdiction ops. Yep. AMIO. Yep. But uh, but yeah, there's just uh, there's just a lot of stuff that happened down there, and when I was not ready for that, I I think that was the first time that I had been to Key West and I was actually an adult, because I grew up in Florida and then we used to go down there and snorkel right. and stuff, um, and and then when I went at, to Key West as my first unit, shit man, I was barely eighteen, yeah, you know, so there's not even a year I don't think or somewhere around a year right. before I went to A school, so. By the time I got back, I was I was actually a young adult, but still I was you know an adult, and I wasn't quite ready for the chaos that ensued. Yeah. So no, and, and that's both personal and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, just the stuff. So, like I've kind of already alluded to, uh, yeah. There's Key West is you know, and I probably now they probably put things in place to keep uh, you know keep people from doing dumb shit. You know, on you know, potentially, maybe, uh, and and and, uh, and a lot of 
a lot of the chaos that that had that that was in my workplace. Uh, so some of it, a good percentage of it, came out of the galley. Uh, like yeah. your, your, cook, your cooks were yeah. were definitely a, an interesting group, but not all of it. Uh, but uh, but we'll get into that a little bit. Mm. But but there was just when you take young people, 18, 19, 20, 21, put them someplace where there's not a whole lot to do but drink, you know, mm. and and fuck. They do a lot of that, yep. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 more often than not, completely irresponsibly. Yeah, you know, and uh, no, when I like when I first got there, I mean the the job I had, like I said, uh, you know, I, it's not that exciting clearly, but but we just provided medical care, and that was you know we we you know there was me and HS one Kyle if you're listening, uh, he was amazing, he was a great guy, and and one of the things about it was he was he was probably like. You know, the first, one of the first times I ever had a relationship with somebody that was a what I would refer to as almost like a a bridge to adulthood. You know, like mm-hmm. my like I look at my father, like a mentory kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, like my father and all that kind of stuff. Like like he was he he, <laughs> that he made, me, made me think about the guys that I was working with and then what influence yeah. they had. Yikes! Yeah, he but hey, he lived life. He had a freaking really sharp sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I saw how he was he was very you know, and I I mean this with all the. Very positively, he he was very political. So he knew how to get. Like I said in my previous podcast, our previous our previous Coast Guard podcast, that I think he was the reason I was there. You know, he had made phone calls and he talked to the XO and, mm-hmm. and said that hey, you know, we're doing this a lot of this alien migration thing. We need another corpsman, and and even though we weren't billeted for it, I ended up down there. Mm. So I, I may have him to thank for this. And I learned a lot about how to network and be political. You know, at least the foundational stuff of that from mm-hmm. him. There was also Charlie was down there at the time, different, different, a different, totally different person. My first experience with Charlie was, uh, was, uh, Kyle told me this story about how they, they, they had a, a, a drug safe and in that drug safe, they had amyl nitrate, which is like poppers. Mm-hmm. And that, you can use that as a medication to, for people that have chest pain. Like they don't, I don't know if they use it anymore, but I don't think they do. I teach cardiology. I should know that. But, but you can, you know, just like, like nitroglycerin, you can, it's a vasodilator and it had a, a expired and, uh, Kyle had given it to Charlie to uh, to dispose of because it had expired. And he like put it in the sink in the in the uh, pharmacy and like busted it all over oh, the hammer. <laughs> so basically, he like basically killed him. Oh yeah, basically like just basically like eviscerated all his brain cells. Jesus, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and that's a, and that was Charlie. Uh, so yeah, so you know there there was that, but but there was just all this kind of stuff that was like. Like I, you know, suddenly I had to be an adult, you know, mm. and uh, that that was Key West, you know, for me, uh, being an adult and it's probably one of the the hardest places to be an adult. Yeah, no, it's definitely caters to the irresponsible. It really does. Yeah, I remember, um, I don't, I, that when I first got there, there was a, a chief in charge of the galley, uh, a senior chief in charge of right. the galley, and he was an older guy. I don't remember his name. I want to say Smith, to be honest. I could be wrong on that. Right. Um, but he was like a, about ready to retire. One of these dudes, he's coasting. He had the galley set up and running pretty well. And um, it was kind of on autopilot almost for him. You know, he didn't do much. Right. And then uh, below him was a first class uh, named Greg. I remember Greg. Yep. And and he was when I first got there, he was uh, he was one of these deceptive kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really cool and everything was great. And um, I was totally trusting, you know, I, I trusted in the military system and all that sort of stuff. And um, I was a second class and uh, I had I want to say four 
third classes working for me at the time. We might have been shorthanded if I, I can't always quite remember. Um, but then there was, um, <clears throat> we didn't use the local uh, non-rates as mess cooks. We had civilian mess cooks, mm -hmm. um, which we'll, I'm sure today we'll talk about those. Yes. Um, We're going to talk about all that in the podcast. Yeah. Yes. So, um, one of those was Louie, and I'm just going to leave that there, and we'll come back to Louie. We'll circle <laughs> back a, around to Louie. Yeah, but um, these civilians were hired out of the local community, and um, Louie was a Cuban guy who lived locally, um, and uh, which there was a lot of those down there, a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of Cubans, um, which, man, I mean, I loved, I learned to love their culture. I, I really did. But uh, anyway, yeah, so... As time started to to tick away, as as I started to get familiar um, down there, I was balancing this damn. Uh, I was kind of learning a new job because mm -hmm. I was I was moving my way to first class, um, but I was I was learning leadership and stuff like that professionally. I, I pretty much knew how to cook. I knew I knew the the ins and outs of the job from the from the standpoint of being a worker, but I was moving into a leadership role and I was trying to learn some of that stuff. And, uh, and then at the same time, my home life was freaking disastrous, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was challenging. It was mm -hmm. challenging and, and trying to balance a bunch of stuff and trying to figure it out. I was still a kid anyways, really, you know, young. Right. Uh, what, what, what were we there? Probably 24 or something. Uh, I was probably, tw I, I, yeah. I joined when I was, uh. Was twenty one. I turned twenty two in boot camp. Yeah. I probably say I was twenty three, twenty four at that time. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. Maybe I was. But yeah, uh, and, and like I said, there's like about a six month period. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but when I was there, and, and you hadn't shown up yet. Right. And uh, and it was like I said, there was like just kind of staying in chronological order. I I knew that at the time I joined, and I was kind of like, this is not this is not going to be a life thing for me. You okay. I mean? I'm not going. to going to do four years. I'm out. Right. Yep. Uh, and I had no idea what I was going to do when I got out, but I already started kind of thinking I was going to, uh, I wanted to be a PA, you mm -hmm. know, our, stay in patient care. And I was really warming up to patient care. My job involved mostly just kind of doing administrative stuff and getting people to the Navy base for medical care, getting them to Orlando. Right. At the time there was Homestead. Homestead is no longer an Air Force base because Andrew wiped it out. Wiped yeah. it out. Hurricane we'll, Andrew. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not, not your son, mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, and also there was, uh, there was ships in Key West, clearly. There was two 270s, uh, the, the Thetis and Laguerre, did we say? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yep. And then there was the three SESs, yep. and that was the Shearwater, Seahawk, and Petrol. Yeah. There was a, a 110. Uh, There's two 110s, and I can only remember the name of yeah, one the of Sitkinac. them. Yeah, the Sitkinac. and there was one other, yeah. and I cannot remember the name of it. Yeah. If anybody's listening and you know, just shoot yeah. that to us. Uh, I, earlier, I was thinking it might have been the Vashon, but uh, but I can't. But Doug yeah, says that, that doesn't, doesn't sound familiar doesn't to me. Bell. Yeah. And, and, and the Coast Guard does a terrible, terrible job of like maintaining history of their cutters. Right. Like well, at I least making it public anyways. Yeah, I Googled that crap. And, yeah. and also, 110s have a tendency to move around. Ships have a tendency to move right. around, right? Because they float. And so... I remember like I started because I was a corpsman and I was an EMT and it was funny because I was an EMT and the station had EMTs and somehow like because I was a corpsman like my EMT was better than their EMT right. ability which is total bullshit okay I had no more medical capabilities in there probably they had more because they, they did more of that emergency medicine crap right but every time they were like hey we're going to go out on a search and rescue and this could be bad 
but we don't know for sure if it's bad. We're just right. kind of assuming that it's bad. We want you to go with us, and it could be on one of the sh- one of the the small cutters. Uh, that happened a few times, or it could be like on the small boat station, or on the small boat, like the the the, the, the forty one forty one at yeah. the time. And so I remember one time, uh, and we, they made us carry a beeper, right? Yeah, remember that. This is before cell phones, people. Yeah, and yeah. I got to say, so I, and I don't know why, and this this is even to this day, I kind of. I'd always, that beeper would go off and I'd be like, fuck, you know, but that was like the best part of the job. Yeah. You know, it was when I had to go in and do something, that was like the best part of the job. And I was always like, oh man, but I'm so busy freaking eating pasta and watching some, (laughs) some bullshit movie. But so, uh, they call me up and, and they're like, Hey, we, we need to go, we need you to join us. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I was like, ah, shit. So I go meet the station and, uh, and I get on the, 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 the boat and we get, we start heading out, right? And I remember, it was, you know, it's pitch black, you know, and the boat's heading out. And uh, I'm a young kid. I don't know what questions to ask or what to do. I got the freaking EMT kit uh, up in, by the coxswain, and I'm listening to the radio. And I remember the name of the the, the, the radio man, but I won't, I'm not going to say her name. But I had talked to her before in the past, and I was never, like, super impressed with her mm-hmm. at the time. But I guess there had been a person on this boat that had been assaulted, like she had right. been beaten up, right? Mm-hmm. And beat up so badly that that they needed to go get him, right? And as anybody knows that these boats typically will be crewed by one nationality, the, the ship is out of another, is registered in another country, mm-hmm. and it sails between other countries. So this one right. had been like registered, registered through French Guiana, the boat, the whole crew was Korean, and they were, and they were a tanker of some sort, right? Right, right. And so off we go, and... Uh, and she's talking, and again, this is not meant to be racist, okay, I promise, but she's talking to this this uh, boat, and, and she's like, uh, uh, can you give me the status of the the injured individual? And you hear, over, and and you hear like, you know, and total Korean, right? Right. And there's like a very brief pause, right? Like, like not that they needed a translator, she was... She goes, I understand he is currently conscious, but not breathing. And I'm like, two things are going through my mind. How the fuck does she know? She know Korean. Does she know Korean? (laughs) And two, not breathing? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a little freaked out, right? Uh So we get all the way out there and, uh, and, and they're like, okay, we're on scene. And I'm thinking, I don't see shit. And all of a sudden, you know, all the lights, all the lights come on and there's this Freaking massive, massive <laughs> ship. And all of a sudden, the Jacob's Ladder comes over. Is rickety-ass Jacob's Ladder. Uh-huh. And I got the radio, and I'm walking, and I'm talking to another uh, radio man. And, they're, and, I'm, and I'm going through this, and I climb up this rickety-ass Jacob's Ladder, get up on this boat. It's just like something out of freaking Waterworld, right? It's just yep. so rusted and just... Every surface. Okay, for, the, for the information of, of listeners, that is almost, that describes almost all boardings that you do. Oh, yeah. Um, with the exception of sailboats, you know, usually sailboats are, are most of them are relatively nice. Yeah. Uh, pleasure boats for fishing. But if you go, if you go boarding any kind of tankers or any kind of commercial oh. fishing vessels, industrial it's filthy. A, it's a, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not nice it's not yeah so so i'm walking this thing on the ship and i'm, I'm a little freaking i'm freaking out you know what <laughs> i mean i'm like oh crap and so i'm on the radio and the guy's saying okay doc you know they all call you a doc i'm not yeah, a doctor yeah. but they call you doc okay doc if you need anything you just tell us what you need 
okay? And we'll make it happen. Okay, okay. So I finally, so, so I get to the mess deck where they got this cat, right, this guy. And and, and just real quick, the history is that uh, he's a skipper. He's a, the, He was beat up by one of his crew members. Uh-huh. Okay, a crew member beat him up, okay? And beat him up with a, uh, there was this old thing you buy like on, on TV is called the bull worker. It was just this, mm-hmm. uh, this two handlebars on a big thick spring that you bent to, to like b- work on your upper body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, this guy beat him up and there, there was a story to that, but you know, I won't take forever, but, uh, but he got, got his ass kicked by another crew member. And, uh, I get on the mess deck and there he is laying on the table and, uh, he is like fucked up. I mean, he is like, like totally beat to shit. Okay. I mean, he is like, I mean, he is barely alive. And so like immediately, before I even look at him, and again, would have been different now. I'm a different person. Right. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a trained medical provider, but I now I am. But I grab that freaking radio, and I'm thinking, I'm going to need a helicopter like right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to send. I need to contact the air station to send a helicopter. And they're like, No, 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 doc. Don't don't get don't get too. Uh, uh, you know, get, get too yourself. Yeah, 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 don't get too ahead of yourself, there, doc. No, seriously, I need a helicopter. And so, uh, and so they're like, okay. And so they start, and the conversation went on, but, uh, so I start packaging this guy, you know, and, uh, getting him all prepared and take him out to the fantail of this, put him in a Stokes, right? Mm-hmm. And I take him out to the, uh, the, the, uh, fantail and, uh, and I'm just like, I just need to get this guy away from me, you know, because I'm terrified. I'm terrified, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to die. Something's going to happen. This is close, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like, where the hell is that helicopter? And, and you know, just about the point I'm about ready to lose hope, right? Uh, you know, this is just like that so fast. This, man, the helicopter goes buzzing over, over man. And, 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 fa- and so fast, man, this thing just freaking banks. Yeah. And I can see it and it freaking pulls back and, and, and does this like amazing air move and just, <laughs> just slides like, right. Coast Guard Slide, commercial, yeah, huh? Yeah, dude, slides <laughs> right over the top. I look up, see that USCG print across the bottom of that helicopter. You know, they freaking chucked the ball out and, and down comes and the, and the boat and whoever was with me goes, you know, don't touch the don't ball. Because <laughs> it'll blast you. Yeah, you will get static, static electricity. Don't touch the ball. Ball hits the desk. Kang! And, and I hook that thing on and boom, the stoke slitter goes up and gone. Like, like a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like a minute. And, and it was such a rush, man. It yeah. was such a rush. And, uh. I was like, oh God, I'm in for the 20. That's it. I'm in. Sold. I'm sold. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the best thing that ever happened. Anyway, uh, we ended up going back in. We actually brought the guy who beat him up back in. They they took, we brought arrested him, him. They arrested him, yeah. yeah. None of them spoke English, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, that was it. I, wow. and, and there was a couple other ones I had like that were similar to that. That was the most intense one. I got back in the next day and I was just freaking like smiling like crazy. Right. I was like, what happened last night? I was like, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. Wrote it all up. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah. I, and and uh, that's why that's why people join the Coast Guard. Yeah. That's why. That's you know? exactly why. Yeah. yeah. Not raking leaves in front of a, the, the <laughs> officer's club. You do it for... The search yeah. and rescue was always great. And, and yeah. I didn't even do that much. But I remember like I had one one time where... Uh, like they say, hey, a piece of a guy's got a little, some steel stuck in his eye, and not my thing with the steel was always like a little phleb of like a <laughs> metal shaving. Mm-hmm. When I got and seen the guy actually had like a hunk of rebar sticking out of his head. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's pretty oh, cool. Ooh. And uh, brought that guy in. Yeah, it's uh, funny. I missed the I missed the Point Camden st- uh, part of my career, but I actually did some I did some cool um, SAR stuff on there. I watched a plane crash in L.A. Harbor mm. and uh, responded to that. Can you believe we we literally watched this plane crash? 
And by the time we got there, which was not far, it couldn't have been mm-hmm. more than five miles. Right. And we were hauling ass. By the time we got there, we were already second on scene. Oh, yeah. Like, God dang it. You know, though, I don't know. It was like the sheriff had a boat out or something. Yeah. And they beat us to it. And like, you sons of bitches. And of course, they they rescued the guys and dragging them out. And we had to stand watch over this stupid floating plane for no, six hours shit, until dude. they could get the sea tugs out there <laughs> to take care of it. But, uh, well, well, one of the last, just kind of maybe wrap, wrapping all the search and rescue into one thing. Uh, one of the last ones I ever did uh, was similar, uh, was uh, because again, we did a lot of alien uh, migration stuff, and there was a group of Cubans that had stolen a ship in Cuba, mm. and they had gotten that thing uh, a little bit out, a little bit outside Cuba, and the Cuban uh, government sent some gunboats out and just shot the piss out of it mm. with people on board, and uh, and that was the time when I think I went out with the Sikonak, mm. Sikonak was like, hey, we might want to have a, a dock on board, and so when I got on scene, talking about there, there was already like. Like when we got to the dredge, it was a dredge. Hmm. Uh, there was like three eighty-two. There was a, I think it was eighty-two and a couple one tens, hmm. and a bunch of helicopters. And we were airlifting people like, and they were in the helicopters were just pulling people off like crazy, right, as quick as they could. Yeah. yeah, and I remember like, uh, like there was this moment like there was just so much activity and so much intensity, and we were just packaging people and shooting them up to the helicopters as fast as we could, hmm. and then all of a sudden, boom. Everybody was it's gone. All quiet. Yeah. Everything was gone. Yeah, yeah. Everything was gone. And the only ship that was still on scene, which was was a ship that I did not ride out. Mm. It was me on the boat with maybe one other one other person, one other coastie, mm. and there was an eighty two footer mm. that was out there. And the eighty two footer brought me back to Key West. Nice. It was crazy. And then mm. uh, and then I when I rode the a petrol one time out on a search and rescue, but right. it wasn't it wasn't uh, it was, they were told me that there was there was a lot of casualties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I wrote it out, the person had died on a kind of like, I don't know, heart attack or whatever. something like that, like yeah. tuberculosis. Yeah. Who the fuck? <laughs> and so, so when I got there it was no big deal, but, uh, but I didn't, the funny thing about the petrol was the, 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 the I went out, the CO was gone at the time and I wrote out with the XO and he was just so Q, uh, QM senior chief. And he was a guy that probably had been like QM senior chief, master chief, chief, you know, like one of these guys uh-huh. got all kinds of trouble, yeah. you know, he definitely so old, old coast guard, crazy. Right. And I, and, and I, had no respect for that guy. Had no respect at all. And then when I watched him uh, skipper that boat, I was like, "No, nah, he's freaking mad skills. He's got mad skills, yeah. man." Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Some of those guys are, are were like that. I knew some guys like that too. That were uh, uh, the mechanic in particular uh, on my first ship. No respect for that guy at all. His right. demeanor and all of that stuff. But when the engine broke, that's the guy they called. Yeah, and he fixed it. Yeah, I will say honestly that's the like I said before that I I because I was young too I mm. and I, I mean he was old mm. that's probably one of the reasons I was like but after that I was like no he's freaking yeah he's the shit man yeah. you know so yeah so there was some good stuff that we did down there I mean um, you know the the whole the whole thing about uh, rescuing the the migrants and stuff mm-hmm. so if anybody doesn't know um, Castro was still in charge and he opened up the. The, the borders and said, you know, if people want to leave, they can leave. He provided right. them no way to leave, wouldn't let us actually come and as the United States come and actually transport people off. Um, but that was right after he, 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 I think he opened up for the prisoners and stuff mm-hmm. first, right? He was letting prisoners blast off if they wanted to blast off, but they kind of had yeah. to find their own way. And they were doing stuff like stealing boats and, and yeah. handcrafted rafts to try to float 90 miles yeah. across the open sea to, to, I mean, to try to hit Key West, you know? Yeah, there was actually, uh, and you, this may have happened when you were down there. I never saw it, but there, there, there was a, at the station, either the station or the ant, they had a, uh, had a fucking blender, I think, uh, where they had taken a blender 
and uh, and and fashioned an outboard motor. No, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, it's either a blender or some sort of like weird household appliance. Hmm. And and so they had actually made it. And, and, very, and honestly, Cubans resourceful as shit. Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I don't want to get too political about all this, right. but uh, I've actually had friends ask me like, you know, how why why would uh like like South Florida swing so hard in a conservative way or into a Republican way. Yeah, they were part. They were in Cuba. You yeah. know what I mean. That was they were their, in the heart of communism. Yeah, the heart of communism, socialism. Yeah, they know what it. So now politically, they they swung like, they swung yeah, completely like, nope, the opposite we way. We don't want to yeah. do that again. Yeah, they swung the opposite way. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're all about capitalism. Look yeah. at Scarface, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, not that that's a fantasy, but Jimmy Carter. Yeah. All the way up to the 90s. And Cubans are like crazy. Nah, yeah, like and crazy. The, the I mean, one, I, 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 my yeah, job during all of this. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that. the number that I remember, we got an award for that. And I want to say the number that I remember is 95 or 96,000 people in three months. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. to, to give you some, that's almost 100,000 people in three months, yeah. which of course is 30,000 people a month. Right. Which uh, is a thousand people a day. Yeah. I wasn't real proud of myself during that time. There was one time I remember J.O.G. was trying to be nice to me, but there was like a Cuban that had like, had something wrong with him. And I was just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and he was like, well, do you want to look at him? I'm like, I do not. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, of course, in hindsight, I should have looked at him. You yeah, know what I mean? I yeah, should have sure. looked at him. But I, was like, I was always the other way. I really did. I, I defaulted in those circumstances. I almost always defaulted to the compassion side. Good for you. Uh, well, and, and no, it's, I mean that. Yeah, no. And, and, yeah. and it's not, I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn here, but it's just that I think that I, I chose my profession for that very reason. Because uh-huh. um, I like the social aspect of being a cook and I like the, the providing aspect. Like, you know, I like making food and other people go, oh, this is good. You know, I like, I get enjoyment out of that. So, um, yeah, they would, same with you, you know, they'd call me up and they'd beat me sometime in the middle of the night and I'd go, ah, shit, here we go. And I have to go into the galley and fire up the ovens and, and make beans and rice Yeah. and, uh, and, and feed, you know, I'd just get the word, oh, there's 200 Cubans coming in or there's 150 Cubans. So we'd have to go up and, and, uh, all we could give them was beans and rice. And, mm-hmm. and you have a story around why that's the case, right? I yeah. mean, cause you think, oh man, we have all these leftovers. We had fried fish for dinner tonight and, you know, we can, all this leftover stuff and steak or whatever we could we could feed them all that good food they get sicker than crap man because they have their diet has been so restricted for so long right um, that's all they can really actually ingest without without really getting ill and so if you <laughs> there's been cooks that have done it you know give them either spicy food like your story or yeah or rich food or whatever and they just get sicker than shit man yeah so. they do yeah that that, that was on a later that was on the escape most of our most of our stuff was Cubans, but we also had Haitians. Yeah, there were like Cubans that. and but, Haitians. Yeah. But also, for those that don't know, Cuba is only ninety miles from Key West. Yeah, yeah. So, and I just think sometimes, and it occurred to me back then, it really did. And maybe this was the the, the influence that I had from guys like Louis. I were working with them because he escaped Cuba, you know. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the folks that worked over there, Mama, remember her? The yeah. little short. Oh yeah. my God! I hadn't thought yeah. about her in years. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't even know what her real name was. Everybody called her mama. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I was sort of on a, on a everyday friendship working type relationship with those folks. So I had real compassion. And if you think about it, I mean, these people were so desperate. They literally took their families in a rickety ass, barely floating vessel with no, no propulsion. And, yes. and they tried to either learn how to sail along the way or try to row 90 miles across the ocean. Now, yes. granted, 
it's not super rough seas, you know. It's not like you're in the North Atlantic, but still, uh, it's, it's it's not. I mean, again, it's, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's not the uh, in between, you yeah. know, Argentina and yeah, the South yeah. Pole. But and you're not busting twenty footers or nothing. No, no, but, but still, it's not safe. Oh, there's jellyfish and shit. Yeah. It's not, you don't want yeah. to be in the water. There's yeah. jellyfish yeah. that'll sting. They'll, they'll yeah. kill you. You yeah. know, yeah. and sharks. Yeah. Oh, it's and, yeah. and no navigation. In other no words, navigation. Like, yeah. I mean. Uh, you got the sunrise and the sun setting. They, they were, in, I'm sure they may have been compasses, but like yep. Cracker Jack shit, right? Yeah. And uh, and you're just imagine just just taking your whole family. Would you do it? Stick I them in a little it. in a little John boat yeah. that's that barely floats. And, well, and yeah. ask yourself how la- how bad does life have to be for exactly. you to decide to do that shit? Exactly. And they did. And they by did. the by the thousands, thousands and yep. thousands. You know. Yep. So tens of thousands, hundreds yep. of thousands, maybe. I don't know. Yep. A lot. That was a lot. But that was. I mean, you know, again, I. I um, I never really minded. I mean, it was inconvenience, you know, when I get the beeper and whatever. But yeah. uh, I always, I always like there was always that side of me that was like, you know, I, if I was in their shoes, I would sure appreciate somebody giving me some beans and rice. I, I would probably say maybe some, maybe my reaction about my negativity towards that, and 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 uh, again, I think a, a big chunk of it was my age, you know, like. But mm. the other thing was, uh, I also thought that it. it and uh, I could have handled it different. A lot of, and, and by the way, I never did anything like I didn't hurt anybody or kill yeah, of anybody no, or anything no, like no. that. Yeah. But but I did resent it. And I think sometimes I did. And I think part of it also was that uh, that the the people down there had this kind of unrealistic, just like what I talked about with the search and rescue, hmm. had this unrealistic expectation of what I was capable of. Right? right. Like I remember there was this one woman, God, that had like shorts on, and she had like sat on like an inner tube or something with burlap, and it just looked like peeled all the skin off her legs right mm. and all the way up all the way up almost into her her crotch right mm. and uh, jesus just get her to the goddamn hospital right. i mean what am i going to do for her yeah right vaseline on it yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly right. so, you know just get her to the hospital but they're, but they're like well call the corpsman and it's like look i, I got a, I got this little clinic you know it, it was just a uncomfortable for me because I felt like a, it really pushed me outside my comfortable yeah, comfort yeah. zone, right? Well, I was going to say, that's probably a big part of it is you right. were asked to do a lot more than I was. I mean, all I had to do was yeah. go in and cook and feed people and, um, you know, in, in inconvenient times. But, yeah. um, you know, there was a lot more demand put on you for that. So Right. And, and I felt like I, and, and again, nowadays I would just be like, I can't, you know, the, I, I work in clinics now where I'm kind of like, I can't help you. And, yeah. and I'm very comfortable with saying, or reasonably comfortable with saying. You have to go to hospital. You go to the hospital, yeah. you know. Yeah. But at the time, I... But yeah. my still developing, uh, you know, mumble bumble brain of a, of a, <laughs> of a young man, yeah. you know. But uh, like you were saying, there was just a lot of the things things with the Cubans. We, yeah. we that that was a that was a, a big huge part of it, part yeah. of it you know. Yep. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so outside of that, I think um, we sure had some interesting characters down there. We did. And most of them work for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the galley is such a central to this, but. You worked at the galley, but I spent a lot of time at the galley, and a lot of that was kind of based on the fact that you and I, like, I don't even know, I can't even think back to, like, how our friendship kind of became what it was. How it developed, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just feel like... Well, because we were only two sane people, maybe? I don't know. I think, like, once I met you, you know, and maybe maybe this is mutual, I was just like, I like this dude. I'm going to freaking, this is a guy that, obviously, I just know that he, he we're, we're similar in a lot of ways, and, and, and we were about the same age. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know if this, is, this may not even translate to, to something that is even going to be funny. But I remember, like, we would always have uh, TAD people working at the clinic. Right. And, so it's uh, temporarily assigned people. Yeah, yeah temporarily assigned. They were either going to school or whatever. And uh, 
And I had this uh, fireman or seaman or whatever working there, and a female, and she had gotten pregnant, so she couldn't be on the boat anymore. And uh, and she was in her first trimester. And I remember like one time, <laughs> you remember this? You know what I'm about to tell? Um, no, no, go okay. tell me. Okay, so and she'd like eaten like a Snickers bar or something like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so you were walking in one door, and she was down the hallway where I I couldn't see who, I couldn't see her. But you, I was so, so it was kind of like this L. And so you're coming in, you can see her, I can't see her down a hallway that's kind of shaped uh, perpendicular to the hall. And I guess she's like just puking in the hallway. And you come walking in, you're just kind of like bebop, and you're kind of like, kuh, kuh, kuh. and all of a sudden you go, hey, and you look down the hallway and you see her bottom and you go, hey, that's sick as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. And what you do, you go, hey, that's sick as shit. What's going on, man? And, and, and like literally, you you don't even you just kind of acknowledge the fact that she's like, like, like spraying vomit all over the hall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was throwing up in a trash can. No, she wasn't. No? She, I remember that she threw up in the hallway. Oh, okay. Like she had cleaned up. She had to clean up her oh, vomit. Okay. And, but your whole thing was like you acknowledged it, but it wasn't gonna, going to. It, yeah. it wasn't going to change why you came to the clinic. It wasn't going to change the conversation. Didn't even you didn't even blink. And I just thought, God, that's fucking funny as shit. <laughs> so, so, so you're like, hey, that's sick as shit. Yeah. Anyway, Tony, what do you hey, think about? By the hey, way, yeah, 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 might be cruising over tonight yeah. so we can play video games. Yeah. What do you think of these socks? Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, so so that was kind of the the vibe. The fo- well, yeah, the focus. That's where everything kind of started. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and then so I started going over the galley and, and a few and just to kind of a little bit more things to develop. Uh, I, I also got involved in like. Uh, <laughs> this is like basically like, hey, I feel like I light myself on fire. But uh, I got involved in uh, in uh, getting people counseling for like drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I dragged Doug into that. Yeah. So so we really ended up now like. This, now, this I remember well. This, okay. this I remember. I used to have. Oh, so Tony and I, I don't, I don't know exactly where it all first started. But we used to have to see each other on a regular basis because the corpsman would have to inspect the galley. Okay. Right. For cleanliness and, yep. and, and safety standards and all that stuff. Right. Cleanliness for sure. Yeah. So um, my job, I was responsible for making sure all that stuff got done. So I had to make sure all my cooks um, kept thermometers where they were supposed to be and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't thaw out raw chicken on the floor or whatever, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And so uh, all the leftovers had the correct dates and stuff. So Tony would come over frequently and do that. So anyway, so he's coming over and we had known each other for a little while at this point and he's, he comes over and he's like, um, Hey, I'm going to do galley inspection. I mean, yeah, okay, cool. Um, you know, I'm ready. Like to, I tried to stay ready. Um, and he's like, Oh yeah. And, uh, by the way, what do you think about being a Cedar? I'm like, I don't know. What is it? I thought he's talking about LARPing or something. Right. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Command drug and alcohol rep. Yeah. So he explained to me, it's, it's uh, basically when somebody has an issue um, that's in the service and they have an issue that, that is, surrounds drugs or alcohol, um, kind of the first point of contact, right? And um, if, if they've been arrested or something like that, they come to us and then we kind of evaluate the situation and, and then recommend to the command, whatever, some kind of a course of action. Right. Like, this guy is totally jacked up or, right. all right, it was he was 18 years old, he's stupid, first right. time he's ever been away from home, whatever that exactly. is. Exactly. You, you refer them to a doctor or medical provider who is skilled at making that diagnosis. So we were basically more facilitators. Yes, we did, yes. and, and so the doctor would make, uh, the doctor, uh, PA or whatever would say, no big deal. Yep. Just abusive. 
or yeah. addicted. Right. And but that then, was basically and, the three but things. But we were actually, like, again, we're just representatives. That was in yes. the name. So we were representing the command most of the time that people went to the Navy base. Yes. Um, so we were representing the command to the Navy base. And then we were representing the command to the individual saying like, hey, these are the rules, right? This is what the Coast Guard does mm-hmm. in this situation. So we explain the rules to them. Uh, and then we would also represent that person back to the command or whoever their and boss we, is. And we arranged treatment. Yeah. And so um, anyway, so and uh, in my very um, cavalier attitude, I'm like, yeah, sure, dude, I'll do it, whatever. Right. I had no clue. Like you said, you know, if I would have known, I was going to light myself on fire. Well, I'm not sure I would have said yes to that. What, what, what did your father tell you about training? Uh, yeah, he said it. Oh, I told you I only turned down one. My dad told me, yeah. take every training they'll give you. And EMT is the only thing I turned down. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, I, I agreed to that. Thanks to Tony. And, yeah, uh, I got suckered into it too. Yeah, But I tell you what, and I'm glad that we did it together because there was there was a element of laughing behind the scenes at these crazy ass idiots that that i don't think you would have had without me and i wouldn't have had without it, you it was like like when kyle left he ended up getting orders i ended up falling into that role right like i said a, a, a dozen times uh knowing now about all that stuff mm-hmm. it all makes sense right yeah, yeah but at the time i was yeah just what and way over your head way over my head yeah, yeah. and uh yeah so but okay so let's let's get down to we've been dancing around this for a while let's get down to the to the to the nitty-gritty here so okay. i had i had some folks working for me and and the, tony's got more stories than i do because he dealt with these people from all over the base uh more than i did it was right. pretty much his main responsibility for me it was kind mm-hmm. of like a collateral type mm-hmm. of job uh anyway so i had i had people working for me that were brand new into the coast guard just out of their a school and they were young and they were stupid. Most of them were the first time they were away from home. First time they had a real job that was paying them money and they had responsibilities and so on. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, being in an atmosphere like Key West, they drank. They drank a lot. They right. did drugs. They did stupid shit. They made bad decisions. And so some of it turned out to be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we had, I had a girl working for me, black girl. I just loved her to death, man. I thought she was so fun. She was a great cook. She followed my instructions for the most part, um, but she was batshit crazy. Yeah, I and remember her. she was, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but a sex addict maybe. <laughs> but, would, would that be an, a fair assessment? Just... Dude, I am not even going to wait into that. Man, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so uh, she would come in in the morning, right? And she's busy like stirring the eggs or whatever she's doing, making bacon or something. And I can't even remember her name, sadly. Uh, I wish I could. But I would come in in the morning and, I, and, and you know, just walk in, making my rounds, checking on things. Hey, how's it going? Mmm. I met this boy last night. <laughs> and, oh, we got in the shower and that water just does stuff to you. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> you know? And then she would go on. And I'm tired, like, different guys all the time and whatever. And. Uh, yeah, it, that, that turned into kind of a, uh, ongoing, I don't know what you would call it, voyeuristic, you, like, uh, you know, just from, uh, I don't know, it was crazy, right? And you were like, you're like, well, yeah. I watched Gunsmoke. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was the oh, yeah. episode where Festus fell down a well. Yeah. <laughs> we have been watching Beavis and Butthead. Oh, dude, Beavis and Butthead came out while we were, no, they didn't. No, no Beavis, I think it was after him. Yeah, it was after him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about people, because this could we could ramble forever. Let's talk about people. Let's talk about. I don't remember his name, but the tall kid that was that was. Okay. The, I was. I, that's where I was going next. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And, and okay. And 
if if you're easily offended or you just don't want us to talk about people, we will not give names or anything like yeah. that. But I remember Protect that kid, and, and I will tell right now with with uh, uh, Doug, you can hate on me if you want. You're one of the good ones, man. Like when you came to Cooks, but Cooks attracted a certain personality. Oh type. yeah, no they doubt. just did, man. Yeah. And uh, and also I think and. You can hate on me if you want. This is such. This sounds. This sounds really dis- discriminate discriminatory. But I think a lot of times people are like, "Hey, you know, I don't want to be a non-rate on a ship." You know, the the, the SS rate was always kind of a yeah. A, the school moves quick. Yeah, it moves quick. Yeah. So if I, if I want a job, but I think a lot of times people don't think of the long term. That's the yeah. And no, they're, of course. Kind of, they're kind of like you're going to be underway. This is going to happen. Yeah. And and so even though there's a lot of great cooks, there was a lot. They were just kind of like they were just looking for that fast track. Easy out. Yeah. Yep. And so this kid, I don't remember his name. Uh, and he kind of came later. These are a little bit out of sync, but because yeah. there was like maybe, and you talked about the Gre- uh, Greg mm-hmm. and that guy. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. get to Greg in a minute. But I remember at the time, and I haven't mentioned this individual yet, but the the other corpsman that came after, well, he, he overlapped a little bit. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. There mm-hmm. was a period when I was there by myself, mm-hmm. but Dwayne was the other corpsman I was with. He was a great guy. That guy was funny as hell, man. He was awesome. So Dwayne, if you're listening, I love you like a brother, man. Mm-hmm. I swear. And uh, I wish I, I, I'd love to see you again. And uh, anyway, uh, and he did no more. He had been a corpsman a little longer than I had. Mm-hmm. And, and he had taught me things like, hey, you know, take suicide. And this sounds terrible. Uh, take suicide. Take suicide seriously. Take, take suicide seriously. <laughs> things like that. Like, like if they say they're going to kill themselves, you don't fuck around with that. That's yeah. never his like. And yeah. so so this kid, he had gone down there. And, and for one, he was just. I don't even know. I had really bad acne. There was times where we were like, we got to take him off the line uh, because he, you can't have a kid with acne like that cooking uh, for yeah, people. Yeah, uh, we're talking like, yeah, he's cooking food for the for the entire base, and he's literally got pussy sores on, on his, his face. face. And, and, and they're like, no. Yeah. And uh, so he'd been down there like a moment, like a minute, like a second, mm-hmm. right? And he's down on Duval Street, which is the main drag in Key West, yeah, right? That's, that's where and, all the mayhem happens. All, and, and there's a woman, and she's from India, and she's probably like, like, this, now, this kid was 17 years old. He was just a baby. Yeah. He was I, just a baby. Yeah, I think he might have turned 18 right after he arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, and, and uh, like, I don't think he ever, was, I don't think he went right from boot camp to course, uh, yeah. to, to A school, to a school yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And in Petaluma. And, and so this woman, I, I want to say she was like, like 40, 45, maybe like 68. No, I don't she know. Wasn't she, that old. <laughs> she wasn't that old. <laughs> but he freaking married her. He married her. She sold they, beads on a blanket yeah. on Duval Street. Yeah. Okay. That's, and they knew each other for a week, maybe? Uh, something like yeah. that. But I got to tell you what, if, I know what everybody's probably, I don't know. I don't know. In today's world, uh, maybe what you're imagining. Don't be so sensitive. No, but she was smart. She actually knew. Yeah. yeah she freaking nailed this kid, right? I, I would I would venture to say she was probably homeless. That would, yes. that would be my guess. Yeah, and so, and she, so, so, and, and marries <laughs> this kid. And then, like, basically, like, runs rough. I mean, she was a smart, but not a good person. Yeah. Like, she runs roughshod of this kid. I don't even know how it transpires, but he ends up, like, getting kicked out of his housing. And yeah, so up- let's back up one second. So the reason that she would marry this kid is for all the yeah. benefits that the military provides, right? Six, uh, Cinderella Liberty. Yeah, Cinderella Liberty. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so uh, it's good for him because he gets to move out of the barracks on base and, and to off-base housing. Right. And clearly it's good for her because whatever not good situation she was in and she clearly gets, clearly like, he loved her yeah he loved her so much <laughs> well that's yeah ask him they'll tell you that oh god and so he he comes to me one day and uh oh god and by the way he put the chit in let's be clear to get yeah, married he did get put the chit in to get married which i had to sign which whatever eh. whatever i try not to judge people's life choices tony uh yeah. anyway so he comes to me one day and um 
he says, uh, he says, yeah, I need to go to the corpsman. And I said, what for? Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I said, what for? He says, I'm suicidal. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. I, 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 he might have not shown up for work. Or I don't remember how it developed. Oh, yeah. But anyway, he, he, he says, yeah, I, I tried to kill myself. And he had been married not even a month, I think. Right. You know, whatever. It was a really short period of time. And uh, I said, what are you, what? And, of course, I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, let's drag this guy over to Tony. And he's like, yeah, I jumped off the dresser last No, night. that's right. I remember that. No, I thought you were talking about somebody different with that guy. He, and I said, yes. what? He goes, yeah, I jumped off the dresser. I'm like, fuck, you're going to kill yourself jumping off a dresser? Like, yeah. the guy's like nine feet tall anyway. He probably yes. bumped his head on the way down. That's what he was trying to do, was jump off and uh, hit his head on the furniture. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So anyway, I dragged him over to Tony and then turned it over from there. Yeah, so he did that. But I'll, he also, and, and I know people are going to think I'm fucking kidding about no, this. All these stories are true. These are true. Yep. He tried to cut his wrist with a spork. With a spork, yeah. That's the goddamn truth. Yep. He tried to cut his wrist with yep. a spork. That's the thing that you eat the mashed potatoes with at freaking KFC, yeah. half spoon, half pork. Yeah. That guy tried to scratch his wrist open, okay? <laughs> so, so in, but I remember, I remember, uh, I remember, uh, I remember Shit. like me and Dwayne, like Dwayne interviewing him, and I was in there, and this is a whole suicide seriously thing. Uh, Dwayne was like, uh, I'm going to ask you, are you suicidal? You know, are, would you, if I left you to your own devices, would you kill yourself? And he goes, you know, can you tell me that you wouldn't? And and, and I remember him like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> and he goes like, I, I don't know. I think I'd kill myself. I remember like Dwayne, like turning around and looking at me and he didn't say anything. But the look in his eyes was like, yeah, well, fuck this guy. That was the look in his eyes. He right, was like, right. literally like, fuck. And so he, he makes some phone calls, man. And we hauled this, we hauled this away. kid away, yep. hauled this kid away. Yep. And, uh. And then he, I remember him calling me from uh, the, the, I forget the name of the, uh, there was a, a mental health hospital in, in Key West. Uh, it was just kind of plugged in the middle of like the right. day. Right, little and, shoddy little thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like three or four stories. I remember him like calling me from this place and uh, they took away my belt and shoelaces and I go like, yeah, they do that, you know? Yeah. You know, so. What do you expect? Yeah, but that guy was a quick turnaround. I mean, yeah. he was in for like a minute and then they, yeah. then we discharged him. Booted him. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's nothing to do about the, uh, the, co the military <laughs> and, the, and the Coast Guard, any of these services, they'll tell you like once you're in, you're in for good. But yeah. the truth of the matter is, is if you want out, you can get out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you just got to be willing to pay that consequence because yeah, it's is, not, it's not free. It's not. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because that guy now for the rest of his life has a, a DD-214 that says he got a boot Other than, for a yeah, yeah, other than other than honorable. Yeah. 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 So, so. but there's but, reenlistment codes on there and Yeah, often, he's not. Yeah, not not rehireable. Mm -hmm. No. And mm -hmm. uh there there was him and that that was a that's actually one of the briefer stories about yeah. the galley crew. Uh but I just remember that whole thing with the spork. I was just like, "Oh my god." I yeah. and, you know, and and uh to tell you that one because he's going for sympathy yeah the, and the dresser jumping up there i remember yeah. that too yeah, yeah. And, and like uh like you want me to take you seriously yeah yeah you know you jumped and, off a dresser and yeah. uh and like i said i keep going back to this my my young brain was that it just didn't it had a hard time processing yeah. that crap you know yeah no it's true and then there was another one of my cooks we'll just call him dave Sure. Uh, whew, oh boy, this guy was full of stories, man. I liked Dave, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, as a person, I really got along with Dave. I really did. Yeah. I, I, he was really charismatic. He was funny. He was smart. He was sharp. The Texan. He, he was lazy as shit. That mm -hmm. guy wouldn't work to save his life, man. Right. I don't know how many times I wrote him up for that, but um, he was just unstable. 
I think he was just mentally, I, I, I think, and it got worse and worse as he stayed down there because he was, uh, he started really, really getting into like mega hardcore rock and roll, like, uh, Sepultura was his band. Yeah. Sepultura, man. He loved those guys. And it was just like screaming full blast into a microphone type stuff. Yeah. And, um, so he was really, really intense. Um, he would write poetry. I don't know if you know this part, but he used to write poetry. Yeah, poetry. Yeah, and try to get published and stuff. And he would bring me these poems. And I'd be like, God dang, man. This is some crazy, weird shit. I can't even remember any of it. I was right. just blocked it out and scarred me. But um, I think one of Tony and I's favorite stories about our friend Dave is he was turning 18. and uh, 21. Was he turning to 21? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He was turning 21 and he was. Uh, he, he... Let, let me interject real quick. Okay, okay just real quick. Because uh, Dave, has, <laughs> Dave has an arc, right? Okay, yeah. yeah he and does. so, and I think probably the thing with Dave is, uh, and, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more, but just to kind of like set it up. Yeah, Dave, you know, you mentioned how he, how he kind of spiraled. I just think he was the very, the prototypical. Uh, you know, grew up in. He didn't grow up in a small town. I know he grew up in Texas, so you know, won't say too much. But it, but it wasn't a small town. But it just suddenly, like he was a, a a bird out of the nest, right? Yeah. And so so things started to spiral, yes. right? And uh, and and I will tell you right now, he was one of our Cedar clients. Yeah. And 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 we'll kind of get to that too. But yeah, he went anyways, off the hook fast. Yeah. yeah, he did. But but we just kind of wa- watched, and he was. A, I like Dave. Yeah, so do I. He it was, was great. I really did yeah, like hanging yeah, out and, with Dave. And, and, uh, but but we just watched. But 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 and also in the previous podcast, I mentioned. You know, we didn't we didn't indulge me and you in a lot of the Key West lifestyle. No. We just kind of watched things from yeah. a distance, and we're like, holy crap! Yeah. Dave is that holy crap. He's one of those he holy was, crap yeah. guys. Oh, so anyway, yeah. twenty one. Oh my God, I just cliffhangered you, uh, which isn't technically a word, but I did it anyway. Yeah, I'm a jerk, uh, but we're right at an hour and you and I both have better things to do. So if you want to see what happens to Dave, and honestly, it's pretty interesting, you'll have to wait until next week. Thanks again for listening. This has been an Analog Spectrum production and presentation. As always, it means a ton to both me and Doug that you took time to listen to our show. We enjoy making these things, but we get a massive kick out of knowing we have a few friends hearing what we have to say. This is about the fourth outro I've done, so let's keep it short. Please subscribe, share, and if you like what you're hearing, give us a top-notch five-star review. Finally, feel free to email us, Facebook message us, or tweet at us. We love feedback and criticism, as long as it's constructive, and we're always interested in new show ideas. Well, that's all I have for now. The shows will keep coming, I promise you that. Thanks again for hanging out with me and all of us at Analog Spectrum. We'll see you again soon.